back to episode 101 of Nothing to Say, the fans podcast. I am in a phenomenal mood right now. I think I think um, both of us are in a phenomenal mood after this I know, weekend. for two separate reasons, too. And actually, you have two reasons to be happy. The Niners won, the Ducks won. Oh, my goodness. So let, this let is going to be a good show. Let me give you a little synopsis, because the Giants are on a seven-game winning streak right now. The Oregon Ducks are now the no, the number four ranked team in the nation after their win against Ohio State. And the Niners slipped away with a win against the worst team in the NFL. Yeah. Gotta love this weekend. <laughs> I know, I know. It was it was a great it was a great weekend and for a lot of, well, for a lot of different reasons, especially in the world of sports, which we're not gonna delay getting right into that. So one of the segments that we have on the show, if you're new to the, if you're new to this show, and especially the YouTube side of it, which this is our second YouTube video, we have, like we mentioned before, a hundred episodes before this for you to go and listen to. One of the segments that we do every once in a while is a segment called "What We Learned," and we're gonna do what we learned from Week One of the NFL season. This is sort of I sort of run this segment, so Sam's gonna react to. The uh, I do. This is my segment. This is the I, one. I'm just segment. taking a back seat. I'm just taking this a back seat. This is the seat. one segment that I think I created. Like I mentioned before, Sam. A little peek behind the curtains. Sam is responsible for creating like 90% of our our content in terms of the um, the actual like ideas for what segments we can make. Uh, this is the one that I can like claim to, and that's about it. So, all right, so what we learned from week one of the NFL season, we'll start with number one. Matthew Stafford absolutely worked in L.A. I actually have a stat um, that I thought was really, really interesting. It comes from CBS, and it says with – so Matthew Stafford played 165 career games with the Lions. His highest single-game passer rating was 148.6 in one career game with the Rams. It was 156.1. So he absolutely came out. I think it was his second play through a touchdown. And the Rams looked great. They looked really, really good. I know they were playing against a Bears offense who Justin Fields made the Bears in like three plays look way better than with Andy Dalton the entire game. But Matthew Stafford absolutely is going to work in LA. And that was the first thing that we learned. Do you think you got anything to add to that? No, it definitely looked very good. And I think the the sentiment through the whole broadcast was that he hasn't really even grasped the whole, the entirety of the playbook. Like this is just a feeling out process and it looked yeah. great. I mean, they definitely benefited from getting some chunk plays in blown coverages twice in that game that really mm-hmm. set the difference. I mean, the Bears defense played well early apart from they were getting pressure on Stafford and they were limiting that Rams offense which is so potent um but that the inability of the Bears offense to really take advantage of good field position and good defense was the difference in this game and I think this if this is the floor for this Rams team then the ceiling is going to be absolutely nuts yeah I they're gonna they're gonna seriously contend with the Bucks for the for the top seed in and the, uh, and the Niners. NFC. Well, okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. every NFC West team won yesterday, so they're just tied well, for the top. I'm glad you said that because that's a perfect transition into what we learned. And this might for number two. This might be actually more what we reaffirmed because the NFC West is clearly the best division in football, hands down, hands down. And it and you know why? The re- so we knew that the Rams were going to be good. We knew the 49ers were going to be good. And we were pretty sure that the Seahawks were still going to be good. But the way that the Arizona Cardinals boat raced the Tennessee Titans, that was that was impressive. That was really impressive. The way I'm telling you right now, and we have an overreaction segment coming later on in the show, but I don't think this is much of an overreaction. Kyler Murray could be in the running for an early season or maybe just the MVP of the league with the way that if he continues that level of play for the entire season, I don't see why he's not going to win MVP of the league. He was insane. Yeah, that was a big shock. I think that was the biggest shock from all of the NFC West. I mean, the Niners beating Detroit, that should that should happen. Seattle made the playoffs last year. Um, Indianapolis didn't really look like they're at their full strength, and but Seattle mm-hmm. dominated them. But Arizona beating a really good Tennessee team, 
a team that I, we both picked to win that game. Yeah. Uh, and the way they just totally controlled that game, didn't beat themselves. Um, as someone that has sort of a stake within this division, this was a game that Niners really needed Arizona to slip up on because if they're just gonna, if every team's gonna keep winning games outside the division, these those divisional games are gonna be so important. We might have every team above ten wins in this division. Yeah. Yeah. And let's give credit where credit is due. Chandler Jones on the Arizona Cardinals. Five sacks. <laughs> that was and it was funny because I, I didn't watch the entirety of that game. I caught some highlights from it and I was listening to the radio on the way back from drill because I had drill this weekend. And I was listening to a radio show, give the radio call for all five of his sacks. And once they got to three, I was like, dude, how many more we do we have? And then it was four and it was five. And I was like, I don't think I've ever seen a five sack game before from one guy. I couldn't, I couldn't remember anybody. I'm sure there has been, but I just I, couldn't remember anybody. No, I can't. No, not the, off the top of my head. I'm sure like a guy like Alden Smith probably had a couple, maybe Von Miller, maybe. I don't know, but that's five JJ is Watt a lot. Maybe did in this, I don't, I mean, during one of his defensive MVP season, but I mean, five, five. Some people, some people have a really good season. If they have five sets to get five in one game is, is, Oh my God. That was <laughs> I was listening, I was listening to the Pat McAfee show and um, <laughs> one of the guys, one of the guys just uh, like one of his uh, staff was talking to me. as like, he's on track for 85 sacks this year. <laughs> he's, on, he's on track to break the record in like week five or something like that. I was like, what the? that's an overreaction Monday right there. Oh man. That's funny. That is funny. Um, all right, so – and then also another reaffirmation, and this was mainly for me just from the AFC West. The AFC West, also all four teams won, won that, their games as well. And I know we talked about the Chiefs, the Chargers. The Broncos look really good. We'll get to the Raiders later. I think the Broncos, now that they have Teddy Bridgewater, have a competent, competent enough quarterback to really help them uh, it, it win some games because Teddy Bridgewater looked really, really good. I have his stats – Pulled up. Well, I did until I looked up the Chandler Jones thing. <laughs> um, so give me like two seconds. Okay, here it is. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, Teddy, I'll just, Teddy Bridge. Yeah, go ahead. So I'll just, I mean, from what I saw from that game, um, it was Denver, Denver v. New York Giants. Mm-hmm. I had picked the Giants going in. Um, it was just an outclass of Teddy Bridgewater compared to Daniel Jones. The way that if you flipped uh, Teddy Bridgewater onto the Giants, that team would be so much better with how many weapons they have. That that offense is actually kind of nuts with how many weapons they have. It is. Uh, Denver's defense looks as good as ever. Um, even they have a bunch of weapons with Judy looking pretty good. I think he actually got injured. But Cortland Sutton, Melvin Gordon looks like his old ran Chargers for, day. Ran for 100 yards. Uh, that I mean, that team granted against not the best opposition so we might that might be a little bit of an overreaction but teddy is going to beat you just nickel and diming down the field and he showed that i mean this is exactly what he looked like when he was playing those five games in new orleans when he looked really good this is what he looked like um in his carolina days even or his his minnesota days i mean uh this is what he's going to do and i mean if if this is the consistency that Denver needs at quarterback, I don't think it's going to take them to the playoffs, but they'll definitely be a, a nine and nine and 18, maybe. Yeah. So Teddy Bridgewater was 28 for 36, 264 yards, two touchdowns and no picks. So good for Teddy. I'm glad that he's finally getting like another real shot at, uh, at a starting job. Cause he's, he's kind of gotten gypped the past couple of years. So, all right. So last one, Number three, I actually am going to take it to Philly. Jalen Hurts looked really good, like really good. He was 100% ready for the moment. So the Eagles end up beating Atlanta like a pretty wide margin. It was 32 to six, and Jalen Hurts was 27 for 35, 264 yards, three touchdowns. Devontae Smith also in his debut, six receptions, 71 yards, one touchdown. Jalen Hurts, I was, I mentioned before, 
at least on the last episode, that I was rooting for Jalen Hurts to have a really good season. And if he continues to play that way, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't. He looked really calm, really poised. He made he made one play. He showed his athleticism specifically on one play. If you were watching uh, some of the highlights, that big old like sort of run around, roll out, kind of juke everybody, and then you know just sidearm to the back of the end zone, kind of looked like what Lamar did on Monday night. It was almost identical because it was going to the right, same sort of play. Um, so he's he's another one of those guys like Kyler Murray, like Lamar, who can get out and run, and that that's just going to be so so good for the Eagles. And I feel really. I feel really happy for Jalen Hurts that he's that he's getting that chance to really go in and play. And on that same note, and this is sort of a bonus one, Justin Fields, in that same sort of manner, that, that another dual threat quarterback, he makes the Bears offense look so much better, so much better than Andy Dalton. The times that he was out on the field, they were productive. He scored a touchdown. He was two for two. And I, I just – I don't know when they're going to make the switch to Justin Fields, but it was clear even in the three or four plays that he was out there that they just look a lot better when he's out there. Yeah, and on that touchdown run that he had, super impressive, I think. that That's the first look. Really the second look we've seen of him in a, in a span is, is he's showing his athleticism, athleticism, his ability to move around, beat defenders, like beat star-studded athletes. Um and the way his teammates rallied around him after that, you could just sense the celebration yeah. in his teammates' eyes. Like, holy cow, like this guy did it. Like this guy is, he's going to be us. And then and they trotted Andy Dalton out on the next series. And it's like, you can only take so many three and outs before yeah. <laughs> so many, so many picks. Um, I think it's going to be, it's got to be sooner rather than later, especially with the aspirations that this franchise has. And, really where their roster is i mean alan robinson they just they just paid a big time wide receiver probably a top 10 wide receiver david montgomery looked he looked great against that rams against the best rushing defense he went up for 100 plus and was just he was working on every single run it was he was breaking tackles from aaron donald like that is that is nuts that's great (laughs) for week one and then they got other quality receivers around. They got um, tight end. Like this this team, and then the defense with Khalil Mack, who's a Hall of Fame talent. Akeem Hicks looks really good. They have still a good secondary from uh, a couple some from last year's playoff team. I mean, this team is primed to make the playoffs again if they take this opportunity and put Justin Fields in. I I, I get the whole sentiment that you don't want him to. <laughs> To get bad habits, I think that was mentioned on the, this broadcast um, of why they're sitting him. But I think just what he offers this team is so much more than what Andy Dolan does at this point. Well, yeah, and you can kind of you can kind of get what you were what the Ravens were hoping to have with Lamar and J.K. Dobbins in the sense that you can have with Justin Fields and David Montgomery, you can have a dual threat quarterback plus a really good running back and then have literally options anywhere, like at any time. Um, and it but just adds Fields, a whole other Fields level. Is a better, Fields is a, is a better thrower than Lamar Jackson is right now. Already. I think for – ooh, I don't know. I don't know about that. Yeah. Um, and – but, I mean, that that might be – that might be yet to that, – that might be hard to, to really quantify yet. Um, I get what you're saying. Um, but still – the Bears have an opportunity to do what the Ravens wanted to do this year with Lamar and J.K. Dobbins with Fields and Montgomery. So hopefully they take it sooner rather than later. So, all right, so that is what we learned. Three things that we learned from week one of the NFL season. In fact, let's get into week one of the NFL season. And I'm sorry, but we're going to start with the Monday night game with <clears throat> the Ravens and the Raiders, arguably, arguably the game of the week. I'm going to say it was the game of the week and the overtime finish in the way. Shut up. I don't care. I don't care. I don't think anyone tuned into this game. What are you talking about? Are you kidding me? This was okay. the Monday night game. You know how many people I was just looking? I, I went on to ESPN's page afterward tonight because I love just seeing after the game what people were saying. And, man, it was the game of the week. Come on. You cannot tell me this wasn't the game of the week. <laughs> 
it wasn't dude it wasn't kansas city cleveland like let's let's be honest the raiders weren't expected to do anything this year so i don't think the sentiment going in was these are two afc juggernauts battling it out okay so let's 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 back this let's back this guy up a little bit and i'll tell you from a rate i really am i truly i truly try to be as non-biased as i can with the raiders because i understand what they are and what they aren't so coming into this season especially after last season, the Raiders had, the Raiders had a good offense last year. They didn't have the best offense in the league. No, but they had a good offense last year. Their defense was bottom of the barrel freshman level. They were terrible. They, they, they lost the Raiders so many games. It was, it was so bad. So with the additions that they made on defense this year, when they got Yannick Ngakwe on the defensive line, which they needed. And then they got KJ, right, which they needed another running back. And then maybe Abrams was going to develop a little bit more. Um, All three of those guys were on display last night. Yannick Ngakwe made a huge difference on the defensive line for the Raiders. Jonathan Abrams looked like he learned how to tackle finally. (laughs) Um, He doesn't just go full, he doesn't go full force into them anymore. (laughs) No, 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 no. He actually was making like real tackles. Oh my gosh. The way, the way he, the way his tackling form was in prior years, I think he got injured on every single hit he delivered. It seemed like, yeah, he injured somebody on every play, but he also injured himself. Dude, he hits hard. He comes downhill fast, and he is so fun to watch because he's got such good instincts. The one knock on him was that he wasn't a great cover safety. He's really good at coming down and, and filling the run. But yesterday, um, he was – we're filming this on Tuesday. So yesterday, he was coming downhill really fast. He was really, really uh, laying pipe on people, and he was just being anyway save it save it no you know what i mean he was he was uh he he looked he was cleaned up he He was laying people out yeah he looked cleaned up on uh on uh on defense which was really nice kj wright had a big stop on on fourth and one which prevented the ravens from extending their drive i think it was i think it was late in the game um now yannick ngakwe got hurt um but last night that was the Max Crosby show on defense. Max Crosby played so well. Two sacks. I swear he was in Lamar's lap like every single play. I love Max Crosby, and I'm glad the world kind of got to see Max Crosby because he's – that dude, he always plays that way. And the reason why he hadn't been getting those sacks was because, honestly, he was the only one on the defensive line who was worth paying attention to. Now that the Raiders have kind of got a few more people on the defensive line – not like Hall of Famers, but people you need to pay attention to. It kind of it freed him up, and he he had a really good show. As far as the offense, the reason why the Raiders finally started to put up points is because Derek Carr realized that he had more than Darren Waller to throw to. I was getting so mad watching Derek, and I love Derek. I really do. I've always been a proponent of Derek Carr, um, but they were just he was just trying to get too cute. And I don't know if that was – I don't know if that was more on Gruden or I don't know if that was more on Derek because the first 15 plays, John Gruden, he loves his first 15 scripted plays. That is a that is a big thing for him. And it seemed like every play was trying to go to Waller. And once they finally got out of that mindset, they started throwing to Renfro, who is a phenomenal slot receiver. And they finally got Edwards involved, which was great. Um, then did did game, Ruggs, Ruggs do anything? Towards the end, yes, actually, finally, um, they were able they were able to hit him on a big bomb, and then he had a nice uh, he had a nice route coming across um, the uh, from the right to the left uh, side of the field. Um, so it was a good crossing route, and but it took him a while to get involved. But Adair just wasn't throwing to him. Uh, he wasn't throwing so, to anyone. No, he wasn't. So, so this is what I didn't get because I watched um, a little bit of it. I watched that stretch when Derek looked like the worst quarterback in the league when he it was bad missed like his six straight throws um and he's throwing into double coverage mm-hmm. right to darren wall like he should have at least come away with two interceptions during that stretch yeah he was two, two. like a, yeah he was getting he was just he was getting too cute and it was like you need to stop you need to stop there are other people <laughs> on this offense who, hey, who hey Derek, Derek, this is this is jason in your mic okay you just need to stop just stop <laughs> what you're doing this is it this is it, this is it. But I mean, the Raiders have the Raiders have plenty of people to throw to. 
plenty of people to throw to. And once they finally started utilizing them, it was nice. And then they got Kenyon Drake involved, which is a really good compliment to Josh Jacobs because Josh is still dealing with that toe injury. Um, Josh played really well, even though he is injured, had two rushing touchdowns, which was good. Um, so once the Raiders finally got out of the whole Darren Waller show, their offense really started to open up. So I was glad. I was glad that they finally went away from that. So the biggest takeaway that I had from that game is that um, the Raiders defense looked like looks like it has improved. And obviously I'd like to think that it could keep getting better. And then the Raiders offense also showed that it can be productive as well. They just need to stop. They, they Derek just can't have that laser focus on Darren because there are a lot of people that, that he can throw to. Were so. you um, were you a little, little worried about because this is a brand pretty much brand new offensive line, especially with uh, Richie Incognito out? Is wasn't it like every single player except for Colton Miller were new? Yeah, so um, good. I'm forgetting his first. I'm forgetting his first name. Um, but his last name is good. He was uh, he actually played. I like everywhere on the offensive line. I thought you were talking about their performance. Would you oh, say no, good? no, no. His last like, name is good. No. <laughs> yeah, no, his last name is good. And he actually last year, he was on the team last year and he sort of bounced around the offensive line quite a bit last year. He he played everywhere. So they got him. I think his name was Denzel. Denzel good, I think. Um what an awesome name. last name. Yeah, it's pretty great. <laughs> um so what about yeah, what so, about that first round pick? Oh, uh, yeah. Leatherwood. Leatherwood. Leatherwood had a really good game, except for the very end. Obviously, the uh, that false start penalty at the very end. But other than that, his name like really wasn't called. He had one penalty. He had uh, that one false start that really hurt the Raiders. But other than that, he played. He played pretty well. Um, it so I was pretty I was bad. Really happy about um, who was it against? I can't remember what Ravens defender it was. I think it was Justin Houston, actually. Maybe just ran straight by him off the edge yeah and they had really they had bad. mentioned they had mentioned on the broadcast he did get beat really badly one time yeah um but i mean for his debut game it could have been is that a new worse. position too because he wasn't yeah. he a guard he wasn't actually a tackle in college i don't yeah i don't think so um so i for for him for him to have his debut game against a really good defensive line, I thought he held his own uh, pretty well. I'm sure he's going to get better throughout the season. Was it perfect? No, but at least he wasn't getting beat every single play. So I was, I was happy about that. So as far as what to expect, I think for the Raiders this season, I mean, you just got to hope that their defense, this wasn't sort of a one-off for the Raiders defense. And then hopefully their offense can continue to be productive because that's, that was never the problem for them. Um, it was just their defense that was really, really poor. So if they can continue that, then, then I mean, who knows? Um, the the division is going to be competitive anyway. They're not going to win the division, and they're going to be chasing the Chargers and the Chiefs the entire year. So they'll be fighting probably for maybe a back end wild card. So who knows? Maybe they squeak in. I don't know. So at least as far as what to expect for the Raiders this season, I think you just got to hope that their defense. This wasn't a one off game for them. Um, and like I said, their offense was never really the problem. So hopefully their defense can continue to play well. Um, and Derek continues to play well and hopefully Josh, uh, gets healed up as well. So it was, it was a good game. And that was one of the most, that, that, that was up and down for emotions that entire game. It was like, we won at the very end. And then we turn, uh, we get to the one yard line and we get the penalty and then the interception. I looked at Bree. I was like, I literally couldn't have thought of a worse scenario for the, for the way to that for that game to end that way and then they get it back and then oh yeah so then i have a quote from you actually from last from last week that says it's crazy that this game is on monday night so um i just uh, stand by it no i totally no. stand by it <laughs> no 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 that was, that was the best that was not the best ravens like let's be honest here jason the only reason the raiders won that game is because the ravens look worse than last season they were not at their peak, I know. I know. But I'm gonna take it. So <laughs> all right. So let's move on. That we covered obviously the, that game uh quite a bit because that's the most recent game. That was an exciting game. So we'll just hit a few games um from last week as well. So let's talk about the Steelers and the Bills game because I think that one surprised a lot of people as well. Buffalo drops. <clears throat> 
to the Pittsburgh Steelers in Buffalo. It was 23 to 16. Big Ben was 18 for 23, 188 yards, one touchdown. Josh Allen was 30 for 51, 270 yards, one touchdown. And I think the Steelers shocked a lot of people. I mean, I I expected the Steelers to play well. I wasn't, I mean, obviously you and I picked Buffalo to both win that game. And I think the majority of people picked them to win that game as well. I mean, when you look at the stats for the entire game, they had more total yards, they had more passing yards, they had more rushing yards, and they had more yards per play. Plus they had six more first downs um, than the Pittsburgh Steelers. And um, to just add on to that, their third down efficiency, they were eight for 18 and Pittsburgh was only four for 12. So Plus, they ran 79 total plays compared to Pittsburgh's 55. So, at least on paper, it would have looked like the Bills were going to win that game. But Pittsburgh comes out in the end. And I think, for me, the biggest takeaway from that was um, I, I don't want to sit back and go, just like I was going to say with the, with the Packers, I wouldn't panic on Buffalo, and I wouldn't panic on the Packers either. Um, Pittsburgh has a really good defense and they showed that this weekend. I think that's really what it was, uh, more than anything else. Yeah. Big, I think it's definitely the, this is a, an amb- like an admiration game. I think it's a, it's an outlier for sure. Um, I, I'm not very high on Pittsburgh, even if I was very surprised to see them win this weekend against a really good Buffalo team, but I think Buffalo is still poised to be a front runner in the AFC. Um, I still don't think I still don't I'm more confident I guess that the Steelers will make the playoffs. I don't think they're the best team in their division. I, they might be better than the Ravens at this point, maybe, but this is the healthiest Big Ben is going to be all year. This is the most energy that he's going to have. Like he's not going to have as much wear and tear as he will or this is the least amount of wear and tear that he's ever going to have on his body this season in this game. So I think it's sadly because of his age, it might be downhill in his production from here. I I think they caught the bills at the perfect time. That's I think the biggest thing for this game. Yeah. And like I mentioned with the Packers and we'll move on to that one as well. I, I think it's just an outlier game, like the saints as well. Now the saints, on the other hand, this is, this is kind of a tale of two, two teams in, in this sense, because you, I think you can, you can look at this from, from both sides in the sense the Saints looked really good. And I think Jameis Winston landed in a very good spot for him. Um, and for him to come out in his debut game, go 14 for 20, 148 yards, five touchdowns, Alvin Kamara, you know, did Alvin Kamara things. <laughs> he, um, he carried the ball 20 times, 83 yards. He also had three receptions, uh, eight yards, but one was for a touchdown. The Saints, first of all, for the Saints to be able to transition over to a new quarterback, to be playing in Jacksonville, not have been practicing in New Orleans with everything that they'd been dealing with, and then to come out and absolutely destroy the Green Bay Packers like they did, I think that is a huge testament to how well coached they are and how just ready they had their team. And then as far as for the Packers, you know, it's just – it's just a bad game. I, I mean, like Aaron Rodgers said in the press game, you know, it, the post game, it was just a bad game. He played bad, and I don't mm-hmm. think people should look into this and say the Packers are, the Packers are really in trouble. I mean, it's just, I mean, every team is going to have a, a dud of a game during the season, and the Packers just weren't ready to play. I so this, I think this this game shows maybe the over the oversight that Green Bay had in this game because. No Drew Brees. This isn't the same New Orleans Saints team, but this is a proud New Orleans franchise with a lot of veterans still left on this team from years past that had a lot of success. I mean, you still have uh, Demario Davis. You still have um, Cam Jordan still there. I mean, Lattimore. I I mean, still you have Alvin Kamara and a bunch of pieces on this offense. Like there is still these pieces there that – hold this team to a high standard and it just looked like they they treated this game as the two teams were equal like this is a big time playoff game one team came out with this is going to be a fight and the other team came out with man we're probably going to walk all over these guys 
and I think it, it kind of showed um, it's it's unfortunate that you know football I think there's this game was a 35 point game difference right mm-hmm. but I think it's so much closer in that like it's one or two plays really like that really don't go your way that you it could be a matter of feet it could be a matter of inches that just doesn't go your way and I think that if you were to look into more of what was going on Green Bay just it just wasn't right for them today and they could just take that I mean Aaron Rodgers I think had his worst game as a starter in this first week and it's probably not going to happen again hopefully he just needs to get out of playing the AFC West, AFC South teams at this point. Like he just needs to <laughs> avoid playing AFC South teams as much as possible because it's, who knows? Oh, and I did, were you the one that told me that um, the Saints chose to play in Jacksonville because they saw that Aaron Rodgers doesn't play well in Florida? I didn't, I didn't know that. It, wouldn't that be kind of interesting if that's how it actually, if it that came be, out like that? That would be funny. Hey, can we play, like, um, can we actually hold our game in Tampa Bay? Like, would that be okay? Like, I know yeah. there are rivals, but like, we just think like that would be the best venue for this game. I, we know that right. Aaron loves to play in Tampa Bay. Like, he just loves it. Um, so let's just see if that happens. Yeah, no, I that that would that's like deep conspiracy theory, but that would be funny. <laughs> that would be funny. Um, all right, so let's move on to potentially. I think what people were well, not potentially. I think this is what everybody had circled as the best game of the weekend from, and, and that would be Cleveland and Kansas City, and it lived up to the hype. I mean, it came down to the last drive. Kansas City wins thirty-three to twenty-nine. Baker Mayfield had a really good game. He was twenty-one for twenty-eight, three hundred and twenty-one yards. He had one interception, and uh, I'll get to that in a second. Patrick Mahomes had. Uh, 27 completions on 36 attempts, 337 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Tyreek Hill, 11 receptions, 197 yards, one touchdown. And then Kelsey, again, 76 yards for two touchdowns. So Kansas City in this game looked like Kansas City, and nothing has changed there. In terms of the Browns, I really do believe that the Browns have the formula to beat Kansas City. They haven't done it yet. They were up by, I think, 10 points early on in the game, and it looked like very much like it was going to be a, a Browns game, like it, they were going to win this game. I had full confidence that they were going to win this game. And then they had that, I think it was that botch punt, um, and then the game flipped on its head immediately. But that's that's what happens when you play Kansas City, kind of like that old Golden State Warriors team. Even if you were up by 20 points, I mean, in the matter of five minutes, Chiefs offense can put up 20 points, like immediately. And so could Golden State, and they fell into that. And I think at the very end, I really do think Baker Mayfield was trying to throw the ball away, um, and he just and he just couldn't get in there because he got tripped up. So that's really unfortunate because it would have been nice to watch the Browns at least have a chance to go drive down. And if they lost, okay, then they lost. But to lose like that, that's yeah, that's that's tough. Yeah, great play by the defensive line. I think it was um, who was it? Wait, I can't remember his name. He's the he's like forty nine. He's the white guy. Um, Great description, by the way. <laughs> right. So it, it's crazy how a game can turn because Cleveland didn't punt the ball at all, all game until late in the fourth quarter. And the one time they get, they call for a punt, their punter drops the snap, forced to run, has no chance. Yep. So many Chiefs around him. they get t- He gets tackled for a loss. Turnover on downs leads to a very easy touchdown conversion for the Chiefs. And all of a sudden it's like, Okay, momentum is totally shifted. Browns are still up, yeah. I think, two at this point. Uh, but it's just completely shifted. Like from one instance, you're like, oh, like this is the this is the only punt we've had all day. We've been rolling all day. Let's just get this going. Defense is gonna go out there and then oh. Okay. Um this is a little more interesting now. <laughs> this yeah. is a little tired. Like we just gave gave the Chiefs a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And then next drive, somehow the Chiefs. I think the Browns go three and out after that again. And then, yeah, the Chiefs score again. You just can't give this – this team is so automatic. It's crazy, this Chiefs team. How – like how – but you can see that the Browns were in a position to win this game, which is a good sign. I think there's something to be said about the fact that a team – a certain team just can't beat a team with no matter what they give them. 
I think this kind of instills that mindset in Cleveland that, man, maybe like the Chiefs just have our number. It's just one of those things. Yeah, and it's a shame because, like I said, I really do think they have the formula to win with with their run game and their improved defense and the way that Baker's been playing. He's been playing really well. He looked really accurate. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they haven't been able to get over that hump. So, hopefully, it's something that they can that they can sort of get through. I heard – I heard um, on ESPN yesterday when I was uh, when I was at work. I, I think it was I think it was Ryan Clark who said that you know when it comes to Kansas City, whether it's you know at the start of the game, the third quarter, or the fourth quarter with ten seconds left, they always believe that they're going to win the game no matter what. They will find a way to win the game because that's what they always do. And he was like, the Browns just don't have that yet. And they need to get that if they want to beat Kansas City. They have to believe that they are going to win that game. And it just looks like they haven't been able to, to flip that switch, that mindset. Because like you know, like you said with Kansas City, after that botched punt, 10 minutes later, they look up at the scoreboard and, and boom, Kansas City's right there. And it's one of those things with Cleveland as well. You know, it is a bit of a mental thing. You, you haven't beaten Kansas City yet. So it's hard to think that you're going to win when you haven't done it yet. So – it does. I think in the long run, I does. I do think it does hurt them that they couldn't get Kansas City in this first game because if they meet them in the playoffs and they run it back and it's as close, I mean, you got to think, oh, playoffs last year, oh, week one this year. You got to hope that that doesn't come back um, to haunt them. Now, athletes have a short memory, so hopefully it wouldn't. But I mean, do you it think may be inevitable? Um, do you think there's a silver lining that OBJ wasn't able to go in this game? Yeah, I, I do think that it is that that's probably a positive, a positive for Cleveland in the sense that, you know, your best receiver wasn't in. And the thing is, is that OBJ and Baker have never really been on the same page since he's gotten to Cleveland. So I think until you see that, it's hard to really know. But I think that is something that you can take from this game and go, OK, well, we didn't even have our best offensive weapon. Actually, that's not even true. Our best wide receiver, because I think Nick Chubb is probably their best offensive weapon. But followed, um, followed by Kareem Hunt, pretty much. Yeah, well, because uh, <laughs> maybe the whole running the game, really. <laughs> yeah. Um, in that sense, so but that was a fantastic game as well. Um, we already talked a little bit about the Rams and the Bears. Matthew Stafford looked great. Uh, Joe Burrow got the win over the Vikings. That was awesome. 49ers almost let the Lions come back in, but they were able to hold on. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick got hurt uh, in Washington, so now it looks like it's going to be Taylor Heineke time, which honestly, good for him because for the performance that he had against Tampa Bay and then to come into the game and go 11 for 15, 122 yards, one touchdown, the offense looked like way better when he came in. Um, so good for, good for Heineke. I hope he plays well. Um, I'm really pissed that the Chargers won, though. Um, well, I told you they were going to win. I think this yeah. is a – that's a big t- – because Brian Fitzpatrick was supposed to be that piece that put yeah. this team over the hump back into the playoffs, uh, but made made them more of a contending option. Yeah. With Taylor Heineke, he's, he's been – I mean, all we've seen of him, he's been playing pretty well. In the, right. I mean, that, yeah. there is something to be said of that, but I think it's yeah. just you haven't done it yet um there's that little bit of adage there's the hard to know yeah i mean there's limitations with everybody's game but i think there's a little bit more with his as opposed to maybe fitzpatrick so i think that kind of limits this offense in a little bit from what they get from their quarterback position but from a chargers perspective this is a great win this was a tough matchup to open up in washington against a great defense and i think they handled this defense and this pass rush really well. Yeah. And you know, this is typically the games, the type of game that the Chargers have always lost, you know, those games where they've been really close at the end and then some craziness happens where they lose on a field goal or they, or they miss the field goal or a fumble right at the goal line or something like that. It's a game that the Chargers always have seemed to lose in recent memory. So to be able to win that game, Herbert played well. He was 31 for 47, 337 yards, one touchdown. He did have one pick, but when you're going up against Washington, I don't think that really is a surprise. Um, so, yeah, they they played well. And Washington's defense, again, I mean, to hold the Chargers offense to, to 20 points like that when your, quarter, when your quarterback in Washington and uh, when Fitzpatrick goes down, I mean, the defense you know is going to have to save them that game. And they did everything that they could. Um, so... Again, that was a really good I, – I agree. That was a really good game for the Chargers. Washington, I think you just got to 
You just got to put that one behind you and say, you know what? We lost our quarterback. We brought in our backup. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't in our game plan this week. So hopefully next week we'll be able to turn it around and, and keep going from there. Uh, we didn't really get to talk about um, the Bucks game or the Cowboys game. That was a little while ago, uh, but that was a really good game. It was good to see Dak play really well. Um, and then also it was really good to see Carson Wentz. So two guys um, who have different reasons to be playing well. Uh, I mean, like it was nice to see them playing well. Carson Wentz coming from Philadelphia where, you know, that last season was just, it was just terrible um, to come back and have a really good game for the Colts. I know they lost, but he did play well. His, his no, offensive line, did. the offensive line really hurt them. Really so I think them in that game. there's two things. Cause I think people forget this guy missed the pretty much the entire training camp, entire preseason yeah. recovering from that foot surgery. So he, we don't know. Yes. He played for Frank Reich in this offense before, but there's definitely different intricacies that yeah. go on. And I think from watching this game, it kind of looked like there was a little bit of hesitation in Carson's game when reading defenses and reading where to go during a play. So I think that comes down to maybe just not being totally familiarized with the offense. So the fact that he did play that well, he looked like the Carson Wentz of old. Like there, yeah. there didn't look like a lack of confidence or anything like that that we saw last year. He looked healthy. I mean, he was getting hit enough that he didn't get hurt. Yeah. So he looked he looked healthy. I didn't see any lagging uh, effects from the foot injury. So he looked good. Um, and to play Seattle with that Seattle defensive line looked great really in this game against a what we thought was great offensive line. I think the Colts offensive line is going to look in the mirror and really improve from this game. I think that's... <laughs> For a lot of teams, they're going to be looking in the mirror and really going to look to improve, um, especially after the AFC South. But Seattle came out. They shocked me in this game. Yeah. That was a big-time shock of how well – I mean, Russell Wilson just dominated. He could do no up. wrong in this game. Lit it up. He was 18 for 23, 254 yards, and four touchdowns. And he had a bomb to his favorite target, Tyler Lockett, which was awesome as well. Something we've come to expect. And then quickly to wrap up, Dak Prescott, really good to see him back. 42 completions on 57 attempts, 403 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Good for him. Same thing with Carson Wentz, kind of coming back from an injury. Dak's injury was obviously much worse. Um, so to see him play well was really nice. And then Tom Brady just, I mean, what can you say about the 44-year-old quarterback? Um there, my dad actually said he was like, he was like, it was funny because he had mentioned that when he was watching the Bucks, he was like, all I could think about was the Lakers, and you have all these old guys coming together, <laughs> and just oh, you have Tom yeah. Brady, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, Leonard Fournette, uh, Giovanni Bernard. Well, apart from Leonard Fournette, I think AB looks as good as ever. Gronk, yeah. Gronk looked great. Tom, yeah, I mean Tom's Tom. It was that was a big sentiment of that podcast. I know or podcast of that um like broadcast team. Uh they were just highlighting how this guy looks better than he looked when he was twenty eight. Like he's yeah. in better physical shape now than he was in his twenties. Yeah. And they I, I don't he might play two more years. Maybe. I it wouldn't shock me in the least. At this point, honestly, it it wouldn't shock me at all. So um so there's your week one recap. I know it was a little bit long, but you know, it, it was a fantastic week in uh in the NFL. There were so many good games, so many good storylines. The recaps aren't always gonna be that long, but with football just being back, it felt appropriate. So what is inappropriate is sometimes making outrageous claims and overreacting. So we're going to talk about what we think are as the three biggest overreactions from each of us that we think people are going to make. This isn't necessarily what we believe per se, but we think that this could be some overreactions that people will be saying after week one. So what, this isn't going to be super long, but I'll do my first one. First one that I think people uh, could fall into the trap. Uh, we mentioned this uh, as well earlier the Packers are horrible. That's the overreaction. And I, I, like I said earlier, I don't think that that's true. 
just take this as it was. It was a bad game. It's still Aaron Rodgers. It's still Devontae Adams. It's still Matt LaFleur and Aaron Jones and all those guys down there. The Packers are going to be fine. It was just a bad game. Uh, but there's your first overreaction coming out of week one. The Packers suck. So apparently there's a uh, there's a big sentiment out that um, Aaron Rodgers like threw the game on purpose. To, yeah, I heard that. To get revenge at the Green Bay organization. That doesn't really make any sense to yeah. me. I mean, he, he wouldn't, why would you like harm your own image just to lose one game for an organization? What we didn't, we didn't talk about these. We didn't prepare these together. So I had one about Green Bay. Uh, the Packers are going to finish last in the division yeah. and, and Aaron <laughs> Rodgers will sit out this year at some point. Right. Yeah. <laughs> He's just going to say, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm done. I can't take this anymore. <laughs> I um, take this anymore. I, I'll, I'll go. I, I think you'll enjoy yep. this one. I think you might have even said this at one point after last night. Darren Waller is the greatest tight end of all time. <laughs> I did not say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least Derek Carr is trying to make him the best He's tight end of all time. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, Darren Waller is a top three tight end in the league. We've always said it. It's really three guys. It's Kelsey. It's Kittle. It's Waller. He's top uh, two right now, for sure. He's Kelsey close. Waller, probably. He's close. I think Kittle, for it, it may be limitations because of the passing game. They might not ask him to be enough, but I think there's definitely yeah. limits. He can't do as much. He's not as good of a receiver as Darren Waller is. I think Darren Waller is the best receiving tight end. Waller, Waller's probably just. I mean, you could just call him a receiver. I mean, because they don't use him necessarily as. They'll throw him out as a wide receiver, and he's more than fast enough to be a wide receiver. So. Yeah, Kelsey's probably the best, but if you just talk about, you know, route running and being a strict receiver, it's it's probably Waller. Kittle, on the other hand, Kittle might be the best, like, like almost like hybrid of like old tight ends and new tight ends because mm-hmm. he can be a really good pass catcher, but that dude loves to block like mm-hmm. with a passion, and it's he's so fun to watch. Um. But he didn't help me very much in fantasy. <laughs> um, which, by the way, I mentioned this to Sam. I think my fantasy team had a meeting without me uh, this week, and they all sat out because my team was do you, absolutely do you wanna, terrible. Do you want to disclose how much points you, you got? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so let me, let me just I was, let me pull it I was embarrassed quick. for you looking at your team because I was like, none of his players are no. short. Like, literally – all of his players are scoring half the projected points, probably a third of the projected points that they were supposed to get. So Jason's Jason's uh, fantasy week of oh, I'm last. oh big time uh, <laughs> was they weren't really in contention to win this week. So Aaron Rodgers one point, <laughs> Aaron Jones four points, Najee Harris five points, Mike Evans five points, Russell Gage. Zero. <laughs> a big old goose egg. George Kittle, 11. Robbie Anderson, 12. Daniel Carlson, 11. The Patriots defense, 5. My bench actually played great. Kenyon Drake had 12 points. Cole Beasley had 14. Corey Davis had 26. Devontae Parker had 12. Even so, it wouldn't have been enough. The guy who I was playing against scored 132 wow. points. I only had 57. You so, might, you might already be, you might need a little overreaction for your fantasy team in this league. <laughs> Clean house, man. I, um, all right. So overreaction number two, this could, this heads to uh, Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence and the Trevor Lawrence isn't going to live up to the hype. I wouldn't look into that yet either. You have Trevor Lawrence, who is a rookie quarterback. Rookie quarterbacks are always going to struggle. Um, and there's always going to be a couple bad games in there. You also have Urban Meyer, who not only is he a first-time head coach um, for the – I mean, it's his first year coaching in the NFL. It's also – he's just a new coach of an entirely new team um, as well. So he's taking over a new organization in a new league in that sense. Um, so that's two things that he's fighting against right there. I don't know if he – I don't know if Urban Meyer's going to be the right guy for the job. Who knows? Trevor Lawrence is – a fantastic quarterback he had a bad game and he's got a lot stacked up against him so he did throw three touchdowns he did have three picks as well I wouldn't look into the fact that Trevor Lawrence uh isn't going to live up to the hype because I really do think he is it was just a bad game and there's a lot of things working against him down in Jacksonville so yeah especially a lack of talent so um the last overreaction that I had is 
the Dallas Cowboys, that team that played on Thursday night, are going to shatter every offensive record this season. <laughs> Sound like a true Cowboys fan. <laughs> no, you don't, you hey, don't see you it? Know, well, I mean, here's the thing. Do you think that they're going to be the best offense in the league? I think they're going to, production-wise, probably. With how many weapons they, be, they have, with how good that offensive line looked too, they looked as yeah. good as ever. They might, they might have the best offense in the league, and they could legitimately have two guys who go for a thousand yards. Um, oh, they might have three. Maybe, I mean that's entirely possible. The one thing that they need though is Zeke to play well. He did not have a very good game. He had eleven carries for thirty-three yards, um, which but is not a it's very limited, Zeke game. But that was limited, like. That was a passing game from start to finish. Like, right, right. Dak had what, forty-seven attempts, forty-eight attempts, fifty-eight. He had forty-two completions. Fifty. If you have fifty-eight attempts, your run yeah. game's not going to be much of a oh, factor. Oh, for sure, for sure. But they're going to need him. They are absolutely going to need him throughout the season. Um, and then the last overreaction that I would have is that the Browns can never beat the Chiefs. And I, it's there is that's truth not an overreaction. But here's here's <laughs> the thing: there is there is truth to that. There is a lot of truth to that. But I I would caution people to believe that they can't do it in the playoffs because they really can't. They really can't. Um, and they had the Chiefs dead to rights in that game. And then on at the flip of a switch, the entire momentum completely changed. And the Chiefs got right back into it. But I truly do believe that the Browns have the formula to win. I still think they're going to win that division. I still think they're going to make a deep run in the playoffs. And if they meet the Chiefs in the playoffs, I'll probably still pick them to win that game because I really do think that they can that they can do it. Um, again, there's a lot of truth to the fact that they can't beat the Chiefs. It's more the fact that they haven't beaten them. Not that they can't. They just haven't. Um, so... Yeah, I, I that would be my overreaction um, that I think people might say this week is that the Browns just cannot beat the Chiefs. Uh, they just haven't yet. So, um, all right, so we'll go into our last segment of the show. We'll go into picks for week two. Uh, Sam won the first week of picks. Um, oh, yeah, he, we didn't even address our percentages in the corners. Yeah, so we have yeah, so we haven't done our percentages yet. So we actually there were 16 games played. We picked 15 because when we filmed, we weren't uh, the Thursday night game uh, was already uh, had already been played. So uh, Sam was right on 46 percent of the game. So almost half. Uh, he was seven for 15 and then I was six for 15. So I was 40 percent the and the games that we differed on um he picked the chargers i had washington um he picked the chiefs i had the browns i had the patriots he had the dolphins and then the two that i won i picked the broncos he had the giants and i had the raiders and he had the ravens so it was three to two for ones that we differed on and then he is now sitting at 46 percent for the entire season and i am sitting at 40 percent We'll go through this quickly. We won't spend a lot of time on this. Giants and Washington. It Washington. is in Washington. Give me the football uh, team. I I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Uh, give me Washington at home and Heineke. Uh, Raiders Steelers. I already told you I'm not going to pick against the Raiders. Um, it's just not how I do things. I am actually going to pick the Raiders. Awesome. I love it. That's going to be – um, go ahead. It's more because I don't believe in Pittsburgh. Right. Uh, that's going to be a tough game uh, for the Raiders, just in the sense that they're going to be going up against another really good defense, better defense than the one that they played on uh, on Monday night. So hopefully Derek uh, doesn't do what he does at the beginning of the, uh, the game last night. He throws to more than one person. <laughs> 15 scripted plays. 10 have to go to Waller. Yeah. Like, have to. Yeah. The other... It was funny. Because I want at drill, I was telling one of my buddies, I was like, if the Raiders run, if the Raiders don't run on first down, then something crazy is going on. The very first play of the game, they threw it to Waller. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> they never do that. So, all right, 49ers, Eagles. Give me the Niners. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you got against Texans, Browns. I think that's pretty. Pretty Browns. self-explanatory. Uh, Broncos, Jags. 
Uh, give me Denver. Yeah, give me Denver as well. Uh, we got the Saints and the Panthers. Panthers at home. Uh, Saints. Yeah, I'll take the Saints as well. Not a lot of high marquee games yet. Uh, Rams Colts. There's your first big game of the week. Um, oh man. Um, I'm gonna take the Rams. I think they're a little more of a complete team. I agree. I'll take the Rams as well. We got the Bills and the Dolphins. Dolphins at home. Got the Bills in this one. Give me Buffalo. Yeah. Wow. We are really, really putting some variation out there. Give me the Patriots and the Jets. 10 a.m. Give me New England. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't, this is not, uh, this is not the same, same sort of format as last week. It it might Um, come down to just one game. It might be. Bengals Bears. Oh, um, I think Chicago. I think Chicago wins. Okay. I'm going to take Chicago as well, but here's the thing. If we need variation, I'll flip on this one. Um, And I'll go Bengals. So we'll go Bears. Bears on this one. Next one is the Falcons and the Buccaneers. I'll take the Bucs. Yeah, Tampa. Dude, this week is kind of boring. (laughs) Yeah. At least in compared to last week. Um, give all right. So the Vikings and the Cardinals. Arizona. Yeah, I got the Cardinals as well. Um, all right. Next one would be the Titans and Seahawks. I got the Seahawks in this one. I'm gonna take the Titans. Mm, interesting. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do that just for variation. <laughs> That was a that was a pity comment right there. Oh really? Cowboys Chargers. That's an interesting game. Oh, um, I see. I already made the. Oh, I uh, I picked Dallas. All right, I'm gonna go charge. Give me Herb. Oh, so you're going with the with the bolts? I'm going with the bolts. Interesting. Chiefs and Ravens. Uh, Chiefs. Yeah, I got the Chiefs on that one as well. Then we got the Lions and the Packs. Um, well, the Lions did look better in this week one, in this last they weekend. Did. But Green Bay is going to win. But Green Bay is going to win. So I got Packers on that one as well. So we are currently at two games. So in order to, like I said earlier, I'll stay true to my word. I will flip on the Bears and Bengals game. I will take the Bengals it all Over. comes down to Cincinnati. <laughs> it all comes down to Cincinnati. Um, all right. So the only games that we are different on, I have the Bengals, same as the Bears. I have the Seahawks. He has the Titans. And I have the Bolts over the Cowboys. So in terms of marquee matchups, week one was definitely a lot better than week two. But there are a couple good games in there. Um, the Cowboys Chargers probably going to be a really good game. That's a nice matchup. Rams uh, the Titans. Rams Colts, that's a good one as well. Um, Titans Seahawks could be really good as well. Um, so there, there are a couple games in there. Hell, maybe even the Raiders Steelers game. I don't know. Like genuinely, if if the Steelers offense is kind of struggling um, and the Raiders offense is doing well, then it could be a battle of, you know, what what's going to give? Is it going to be the the Steelers offense or the Raiders defense? Who knows? Um, that's. I mean, in terms of, I'm just looking at team two won both of their games week one. So, yeah. Um, hey, Philly, I'm, not... I'm, I'm a little worried about Philly versus San Francisco. I think Jalen Hurts is one of those quarterbacks that matches up really well against neutralizing the defensive line. If he can scramble yeah. and make plays, uh, negating that advantage that the Niners have. And the Niners had, they're out with Raheem Moster out eight weeks jason verrett their best corner is out for the season with a tornado i feel so bad for jason Verrett. i think this is his third major leg injury season ending lower body injury in his pretty much young career because he hasn't played gotten to play a lot of games mm-hmm. um i think that's a big where do they look to uh really sure up that secondary which was a weakness anyway now with injury uh the niners offense Jimmy G actually looked really good against Detroit. I will say he actually looked like the Jimmy G of old. Uh, looked confident. Looked like decisive. Um, picked out some plays. I think that's against a really bad Detroit defense. So it'd be interesting to see 
him against Philadelphia and that Philadelphia defensive line. So I'm excited to see what the Niners look like this year and if Trey Lance gets a bigger role in this offense. Um, well, we shall see what ends up happening in week two of the NFL season. Week one was a doozy for a lot of different reasons. So hopefully week two will live up to the hype as well. So if you guys stayed with us for the entire episode, we really do appreciate it. Thank you for uh, keeping uh, this, this show alive. It has really been uh, so much fun to, to transition into the YouTube channel and making the graphics and, um, and just sort of finding ways to make this entertaining for people. It's, it's been a lot of fun. Um, so, so thank you guys for supporting the first video. Um, it got honestly more views than I thought the first video was going to get. Um, so I'm not expecting much for the first couple, couple months or even the first year, but to, but you know, for people to even watch the first episode, I, I was really happy. So, so thank you guys for that. Yeah. And prove, prove us wrong. I mean, like Jason, I, I don't have super high expectations. It takes a long time, but um, whatever anyone can do can help subscribe, like, comment, tell us how awful, how cringe we are, and we'll appreciate that. As much yeah. ne negativity as we can get in the comment section, comment section, I'd relish it. It means you're watching. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, we did a we did overreactions for this as well. Let us know if you have any overreactions from week one. We'd love to we'd love to know what you guys think, um, or maybe there's a game that you are going to pick differently than us um, from the pick. So. Yeah, just feel free to be interactive in the comment section. We'll definitely uh, we'll definitely message you back, and may, we'll probably bring it on the show as well and say, "Hey, so and so said this," and blah blah blah. So, all right, thank you guys so much for uh, watching episode two and one hundred and one. Um, have a great week, and Sam, good luck on the interview. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs>